I'm Lisanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who holds space for any earthling as they reunite body and soul, both individually and together. I'm a bridge for relationships between earthlings of all species so that the heart bond between them becomes stronger, deeper, and more loving. I'm an animal communicator, medium, and medical intuitive, and I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support all earthlings in their recovery from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. We're going to start by asking you all a question directly from Spider and also perhaps Snake. That's a bit tongue-in-cheek, I think, and naturally, from my point of view, represents their trademark wry sense of humor that I've come to know. After all, the animals say, a sense of humor when interacting with humans (laughs) is crucial to diffusing their human-centric point of view. They're direct as always. (laughs) Animals continue. If we can get them to laugh with us at themselves, we're more than halfway home. Point well taken, I think. And so the question is, perhaps it's only species that start with the letter S that causes you to become immediately fearful and worry about being a victim of a so-called attack from us. Not surprisingly, at this point, Shark comes in. (laughs) Let's see who else wants to join in the conversation. And so the collective letter S species, or so they're called by us, continue. While it's true we have very good defense mechanisms, take note that it is a defense mechanism and deployed only when our territory is invaded by another predator, one of which is human. And You know, I think it's interesting to note that so very often we humans want to land on the side of prey because we're both predator and prey on this planet of fixed design. And we want to adopt the belief system of not exactly, if we don't stop them, they'll end up killing us, but more along the lines of, quote, our species survival is the most important one of all. And while we're dimly aware, I think, of the impact on other species when we take action to ensure our survival, up to and including the point where our population numbers have outgrown the Earth's ability to provide for all of us, the other predators scoff a bit. That's the exact word they wanted me to use because I think it it also starts with the letter S. At our rather feeble attempts to ensure that the species who are prey to us, which are literally all of them, are not treated as truly prey as other apex predators do. They continue. Because when other predators take from prey for their sustenance, they do so with great awareness and care of the prey group so that they remain vital and thriving. For humans, we often think in terms of predator versus prey, as in duality, as in either or, and uh, us versus them, when it's much more of a nuanced partnership rooted in balance within the unified duality on this planet. Or at least it's meant to be, if we were more firmly rooted in our steward and guardian role of predator, which might be an odd way to look at it, like other predator species are. The S Collective continues. Maybe it's the S 
sound <laughs> that reminds you of snake or that the eight eyes of spider that can also be said with the S sound as in spider causes your bone marrow to quiver. And yes, those were the rather chilling words that they used. And truth be told, I think they're having a bit of fun with you all right now. <laughs> They continue, and hunch your shoulders as if you're fearful that snake or shark or spider is waiting just around the corner to jump out and catch you all. And you might have picked up by now that the species having the most fun at your expense is snake, although the S Collective is a darkly humorous group, and none of them are taking any pains to hide their shared grins amongst each other. And yet, when Grandmother Spider, a.k.a. Spider Woman, as she is sometimes called in indigenous cultures, steps out from the shadows and into the light, the friendly banter quiets considerably in deference to the wisdom that she has spun out of knowledge gained over centuries. And just now you might be able to feel the weightless weight, which is an odd way to put it, of her energy. It's not an insubstantial thing at all coming into your energetic field, and yet it also feels, as I said, perhaps as light as the gossamer that she spins when she creates her web. The web, make no mistake, is her home, and as well it serves to ensnare her prey, as well as possibly also mates, that, depending upon the species of spider, is dispatched in any number of creative ways, both mate as well as prey. Remember, as spider is a predator, it would likely fall in among the predator subgroup of the keystone species categories, the others being mutualists like bees and flowers, prey, ecosystem engineer like beaver and plants. Spider, just like humans, checks off two categories, predator and prey, and yet very recent research reveals that science has recategorized ourselves, and of course we would do that, naturally, <laughs> into a hyper-keystone subgroup. Quote, here we identify human beings as a higher order or hyper-keystone species that drives complex interaction chains by affecting other keystone actors across different habitats. Strong indirect effect and a global reach further characterize these interactions and amplify the impacts of human activities on diverse ecosystems from oceans to forests. And in the article, hyper is defined as higher order, although just a glance at the definition of hyper would also yield high-strung, extremely active, and excessively, which are more likely than higher order. And it's also defined as that which exists in a space of more than three dimensions, definitely not us, as well as bridging points within an entity, such as a database or subwork, non-sequentially, also not us. And yet, we perceive ourselves to be above, and in full transparency, maybe this is a step in the right direction, as I'm being nudged to acknowledge by Spider. She continues, quote, It's not overall a bad thing that humans are coming to recognize the undeniable effect you have as a species on all other species, because it truly is at your feet that this responsibility falls. No other species colors outside the lines with such ferocity towards the bottom line of preservation of its own survival as does the human species. 
We would state that your slumped shoulders of defeat, finally, in the face of such overwhelming evidence, could have come sooner, and yet in your human-centric view, that was impossible. We are all together in this web that you've woven, and so, as is the fly who finds themselves ensnared in my web, so too are we all other species ensnared in your web. And with this, Spider Woman bows her head slightly and appears to settle down a bit for a nap, as she knows that there's a bit more information about her magical self to share with you. It was interesting in a non-coincidental way, Jumping Spider has made their way across my social media feed in the last several days, and all before I began searching the interwebs for tidbits of information that I'm hoping... Other fellow nerds of animal lovers like myself would enjoy, which naturally comes via the language of energy. Just as with all of my other podcasts, the more one becomes known to the world of animals via this master language of energy, the more information comes across intuitively, which of course is the body's own internet. One of my students in the Master Language Immersion course that's finishing up next month is still surprised and perhaps a bit shocked at how easily this information comes to them via the power of thought and an intention that's made clearly and succinctly to the universe. In a certain sense, this amount of empowerment can be quite heady. And yet, as the movie-slash-book quote goes, with great power comes greater responsibility. I'm editing that a little bit. I added the ER ending because in our human experience, as spider and other species would concur, it's simply not enough to do. We must and can do better, another ER added for emphasis. We can and must step into the place of unified duality through balance and partnership first within our own species. And at the same time, we will begin to do so via theirs because that's the way of energy on this planet. It ripples everywhere. So it was that Jumping Spider and all of their fanged cuteness came across my feed and naturally a newspaper article to boot soon followed. Did y'all know that some people have jumping spiders as companion animals? Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Although I'm aware of people who have tarantula and other more exotic insects as part of their extended family, such as cockroach and praying mantis. Here in Colorado, we have the Butterfly Pavilion, and I encourage you to go visit because we forget how sentience can be contained in such small physical containers, and in ways, as I've mentioned before, that astound us as we're so locked into only this third dimension, especially when you consider the wisdom carried forth from generation to generation that's far, far different than our applied knowledge that definitely poses the question. When you consider the human species in relation to other species, would you say that we have more knowledge or more wisdom? Wisdom involves a healthy dose of perspective and the ability to make sound judgments about a subject, while knowledge is simply knowing uh, stuff. So let's let Spider have their due for a few moments longer while we gain even more knowledge about them. Spider silk fibers have a strength rating which is not as strong as Kevlar's, but they're tougher than Kevlar. And I'm going to repeat that. They are tougher than Kevlar. We're going to get a little bit into science ease in talking about spider silk. Rigid spider silk has a toughness factor of 180 megajoules per meter compared with Kevlar's toughness of only 50 megajoules per meter. 
Pattern is called a fractal, or a never-ending pattern, which is what happens when a spider web gets caught in one's hair. It's never-ending trying to get it off your head. They must have known Leonardo da Vinci and his famous Vitruvian Man because the spaces between each spiral and the next are directly proportional to the distance from the tip of its back legs to its spinners. They use initial radiating lines as well as the non-sticky spirals as guidelines. Spider silk is also antimicrobial, hypoallergenic, and completely biodegradable. Five different kinds of silk are created and used in the web of spider, and over 50% of known species of spiders use webs to catch their prey, store their prey, live and raise their young, as well as make you jump when you see them. And despite their eyes outnumbering ours four to one, their eyesight isn't that good, so they rely on vibration of their webs to tell them what energy is present in their environments. I'll put a link into the podcast notes about a research study that was done recently where the vibrational patterns, if you will, the frequency of spider webs was translated into notes, if you will, and a song according to humans, was created. So be sure and check out that link. They have some very cool YouTube videos about what an air quotes spider song, and spider is kind of rolling their eyes at that, (laughs) to be honest, sounds like. So check that out. And where eyesight is concerned, here's exactly where the diversity in the world of arachnids comes in, with the jumping spiders whose eye acuity is actually quite good, with four eyes pointing forward, two on top and two pointing backwards, so they don't need to use webs to ensnare their prey. A find on the interwebs whose title I honestly hesitate to share, which is the new it pet on TikTok, yikes, is about their smarts and as well their Kenshin schema, remember, their cuteness factor that makes them particularly alluring to being part of our extended families. When I mentioned their smarts, it was recently discovered that jumping spiders have learned to more or less mimic the antennae of ant with their front legs, which makes them look less appetizing to other predators. And so the link to that story is among the several in the podcast notes. And it's the fact that wiggling their front legs in a generalized impression of many ant species, or what some might call an imperfect impression of one species, is again what makes them able to evade a good majority of their predators. In addition to their skills in mimicry, these guys have brilliant colors, which makes hiding themselves among foliage in certain plants much easier to do, and again, with other predators who can't see as well, then they're hidden, even though they're still brightly colored, and not doing an impression, say, of chameleon or octopus in changing their skin color to blend in. And... Here's where the collective spider comes in with their wisdom, and I must say, it definitely sounds distinctly feminine. They begin. You understand now how weaving a web isn't necessary for some of our species to be successful and to thrive and to build and maintain close relationships with your species. 
We're not the nightmare material that you make us out to be, nor are our web, although to think that you might communicate with us through the sounds in our web is patently absurd. It presumes that the verbalization upon which you so depend in your species to communicate is somehow the key to communicating with us and others. And at this point, Spider points a notably bristly leg at a hologram that suddenly appears of whale floating peacefully. And I'm reminded of an article about science thinking that to learn the songs of whale is the way through to a communication with them. They continue. This external verbalization isn't the way forward together, and to underscore that, we would point to the energy contained in your spelling of words that sometimes belies the truth of your intention behind them. We see through it all because your intention is solely based in energy and vibration, and on that score, pun intended, I'm thinking, due to the earlier music reference, we understand you much better than you think we do. Although you seek to gather more knowledge, believing it to be the foundation for your rate of survival on this planet, your accumulation of wisdom is sadly lacking, and it's no wonder. Your children and your children's children and their children are left to fend for themselves over and over again. To weave a web successfully depends upon the use of proper materials, the plan in mind to create the whole of something out of its associated parts, and how they work together. In other words, the relationship of all these things and not just who they are separately. You have whole factions of knowledge groups fighting with each other and within their own factions for the claimship. And I think they mean ownership, although this has a wash of claiming to have, quote, the answer, as in the number 42, meaning the one perfect answer to everything, of how to solve everything on this planet and off this planet. What good does this encyclopedic knowledge to the nth degree do if you don't understand the relationship between each other and, more importantly, within yourself? Even Spider knows, before weaving their first web, that this wisdom that's built upon generation by generation is our very essence, our very being, and without it, we could know all about fractals and vibration and the strength of the silk and still not know that it's how the web operates together that matters. It's the ages-old wisdom of our great-great-great-great-great-grandparents that deepens and broadens over time and becomes the legacy we pass down to our daughters, and they pass down to their daughters, and so on. Yet we do not crow about these things or, or give ourselves awards or publish books or research or make others go sit in a building and worship a system of belief built on fear. We simply set out each day to make our imperfect webs, to dance with our prey in partnership and balance, and hold deep within ourselves the breath of wisdom that is birthed by Earth herself for all species to work together. And with this, and because her energy is spent, Spider Woman heaves a gusty sigh that smells a bit musty and settles herself just slightly off-center in her web. She reaches out two arms to pull me in for a quick nip on my neck, not quite breaking the skin and enough for me to feel it, which is her way of sharing herself with me in journey space. I, in turn, sigh, bow my head in gratitude for the gift of her wisdom just now bestowed. I turn to leave her at her rest, and she speaks once more. Wisdom, not knowledge, is the way forward, and that time is now. And at least... That's how Spider sees it.
Thanks for listening today. Leave a review and be sure to subscribe to this podcast and tell others about this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. To schedule online, go to lazanflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy, and online psychic fairs. The episodes of this podcast are available on my YouTube channel, complete with subtitles. You'll find that link in my podcast footer and be sure to subscribe and tell others about this podcast. You'll also find a link in the podcast footer for my subscription service where you can sign up to give recurring support. It starts out as little as $3 a month. The animals and I thank you in advance. Tune in in two weeks' time where we'll take ourselves into the land of mythical creatures who are not, after all, mythical. This has been the Animals Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.